by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the district of champions it's the dc crossover podcast with your hosts mike cerrone and ben simpson hello and welcome to another episode of the dc crossover episode 126 ben simpson that is mike cerrone you can follow the show on twitter at the dc crossover and at cerrone 16 and the place that we're blowing up, go over to TikTok, DC Crossover Podcasts yeah, is the place to be. A uh, bunch of videos and clips from the show. And uh, yeah, DC Crossover Podcast on TikTok. Be sure to follow, like, all, all that good stuff over there. Uh, and we do have a YouTube channel as well in case you ever want to watch the video version of the show. You can find the DC Crossover Podcast on YouTube. And, uh, yes, we are back after another losing Sunday. Losing in a lot of ways, Mike, because not only yeah. did, of course, the, the Washington Commanders lose, of course, my Lions got destroyed 29 nothing. Our betting this past weekend Jesus. was atrocious. <laughs> First off, s- Friday, it really started for me on Friday night. I think I went yeah. 0 for 8. In my bets on Friday, so then I go. All right, Saturday is going to be better. I think Saturday I hit a couple parlays here and there, but I spent I, I spent a lot of money on one bet for an over that yeah. did not happen. That was one play oh, away man. from happening, and it did not happen. And then Sunday, you know, the better mentality is, you know, you 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 start losing, and so as a as a betting man, you go all right. All I need is one big parlay to hit, and I'll get yep, back everything yep, yep. I lost. So Sunday, I played like you know three or four pretty big, you know five six leg parlays, being like all right, I'm gonna get a couple hundred dollars or something if I if one of these hit. Sure. And almost all of them missed by like one leg, and so that's when you know after that's three straight days <laughs> of losing, uh, that's that's when you know it's it's just not it's just not your time. It's just not your weekend, Mike. Yeah, and that's the thing uh, with me is especially during football, uh, for college football, when I'm betting, all of a sudden, like, something will happen in the first, like, so I usually do the 12, the 3, and then the then the 6, right. or the 7, right. or whatever. So I'll do the 3, it's kind of the same thing with the, with the NFL, I'll, I'll do the first slate of games, and this, blah, 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 blah. But then all of a sudden, when the first game in your parlay just, like, lays an egg like you have like over 63 and all of a sudden yeah. there's 10 points scored a half you're just like you're well this is a, this is screwed so then all of a sudden you're like just like you said oh man i i gotta i gotta put something else in like i gotta i gotta try to catch the two o'clock games and the 130 or something like that um 
And that's what happens to me a lot. And I don't think I've won a single bet for college football. And that's the problem. Actually, I, I might have made, I might have won maybe one. Whatever I won, two. I lost. So it doesn't matter. Like yeah. whatever I won, I lost on Sunday. That's just well. How the funny it thing is. was is that Thursday night, I forgot what game that was. Um, oh, that was the uh, the Broncos, Broncos game. Yeah, yeah. So one of the worst uh, <laughs> football games ever ever played in the history of the world. Right. Twelve nine. I had, of course, I had a parlay in that one, and that one was dead in three plays right. because I had Hines, Hines in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and again, again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna preface this right now. I don't wish ill will on any player. I don't want any player to get concussed. Yeah, we're not like we're that. not morons here. Like we, I saw, we I, I I literally saw on 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 Twitter. Everyone's like, can't believe you guys are screwing around and saying that your parlay's messed up or you lost a bet or your fantasy football team sucks now. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that my parlay doesn't mean anything, but I can still be upset about oh, yeah. it because it's, it's have, bad luck. You have full right to be upset. And this weekend, there were so many weird things that happened in these games this week. I mean, the freaking yeah. Giants beating the Vikings and like all these different Packers, things. Packers, Packers, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. I was thinking because the Vikings played international game the weekend before, but yes, you're right, right, Giants right. beating the Packers. Uh, you had you know the Jets or Jags. I mean, I mean, it was just like it was a very weird NFL Sunday betting wise. And then, yeah, Saturday a lot, a lot of weird was scores. kind of all over the place, too. I mean, in college football, it's like it, it's this is obviously like as a sports fan, you love when things don't happen to the script. But as a betting fan, that's where you get in trouble. You're like, this is not what I needed. I needed the chalk picks where you're just like, all right. Like, because usually every every Saturday I'll throw in a parlay where I just pick the favorite for like five games. And I go yeah. like, hey, this is my favorite parlay, you know, because that happens sometimes in college football where, you know, the, the, the teams that's quote unquote supposed to win does. Um, and. I feel like this season it's never hit. It's always been like, all right, right. four of them hit, and then somebody gets upset. It's just, uh, it's rough. It's rough out there. I know you guys listening don't care about our betting woes, <laughs> but I'll tell you, it, it was a rough weekend. But I know that, oh and this gosh. has become kind of the the saga for you, the chronicle of your weekends. Is I always love to hear about where you might have might have gone to watch these games, maybe what you had to chance to eat. Um, and it sounded like you initially yeah. were planning on going back to the home of the Herndon Laffer, and that is Ned's. Yes. Uh, so uh, real quick about the betting uh, portion, uh, my last word on that is I, I'm going to tell you real quick the bad beats I had this weekend. Sure. So obviously Thursday I had the Naheem Hines whole entire situation, and then I said, you know what? It's probably like 10 o'clock at night or something like that. I bet on preseason basketball. Oh, there's a mistake. Along with, <laughs> along with uh, I added like two other things in there for the Thursday night game. The two Thursday night things hit. I had the Spurs uh, winning uh, the money line, which was minus 300 or something like that at the time. Right. And they were up by 12 against the Magic of all teams. And, of course, they lose by three. And they were up – and then later in the game, they were up by 10 with, like, six minutes left. And they still – I'm like – You oh, can't so that be was betting NBA preseason. It's like when I was betting well, Summer League. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah, it, it was stupid. It was stupid, and I should have I known better, <laughs> especially, especially when I didn't see, like, a single starter for the Spurs. Right. Right, right, of course not. Um, and like every starter for the Magic was playing. Right. Um, and they still barely won. But the thing is, so I had that situation. I had the third, the whole entire Thursday situation. Then Saturday, obviously, that just, I mean, me and you basically were talking about just quitting college, <laughs> which sucks because I used to be really good at college football. Um, and then Sunday, I did a, a night parlay where I did it, you know, right before I went to bed for the game early. 
Uh, and when I did that, of course, I had every because I usually do like I told you before. I do the Thursday night, the Sunday, and the Monday, all same game parlays. Right. I make sure that that's what I do. And the good thing is that DraftKings, so hopefully, is going to be our sponsor soon, um, official sponsor, I should say. Right. Uh, that's big news. Uh, that basically they do this this whole entire uh, prime time bet uh, p- boost thing mm-hmm. where you can do one boost on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. For those primetime games, you get a, a boost that the more picks you put in the parlay. That's why my picks have been a little bit, you know, extended because the more picks you put in there, the higher the boost is. Um, and so on on Monday or excuse me, Sunday morning, I put one in, and all of them hit except the Packers money line, which I can't. Of course, Aaron Rodgers gets two p- passes tipped at the line right, the last right. two plays of the game. Great, and then so that one misses by one. Then on the Sunday night game last night, of course, every every one, there was like five of the seven that I had hit, except for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had like a million targets and only caught seven balls for like 50 yards, and that was a whole entire rigmarole. So, yes, the uh, 401K is a little low, yeah. um, but right. overall, going back to your original question. So I just had to get that out yeah, there and yeah. get it off my for chest sure, for sure. Be- before my uh, new season, my third season coming up right, right, right. <laughs> of the betting year. So – uh, we went to Ned's, um, you know, the Herndon Laffer's home. The Laffer was not there. Um, but when we went to Ned's, uh, it's the cast of characters at Ned's. Like, for some reason, you know, we always see the regular people that work there and stuff like that. The funny thing was, is I don't know if they had anyone working in the kitchen or anything. Because there was this one guy that, you know, he was sticking to himself. He was in a booth. Um, he looked like a, you know... A <laughs> At one point, Jess called him Mr. Feeney because he looked like Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Okay, okay. Uh, he had glasses, gray hair, you know, uh, dress shirt tucked I was in. Was a Feeney fan for sure. And and he was he was reading a book, not watching a single game, just reading a book, uh, ordering small appetizers every two seconds. He ordered a hot, he ordered two hot dogs at one point, and the hot dogs came about half an hour later, okay. uh, when you can literally boil eight hot dogs in a matter of five minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, he had ordered hot dogs and then he ordered more iced tea, but the lady didn't hear him. So she walked away and then he asked for a knife to cut into these, I don't know, fried pickles or whatever the heck he had. And she didn't bring the knife for about 25 minutes. And so he, he, he took a stand and didn't cut his pickles. And it was just like, a, it was a whole saga, but then there's always these people. So that was Mr. Feeney. All right. But, but then there was a situation where there was this one guy that was sitting at the corner of the bar. So he was like angled like he was basically playing like uh, a zone defense for both sides of the bar so he could talk to either side right um so he's sitting there and he has a ponytail but then he has like a fishbowl on his head so it was kind of like the it was kind of like the go- goldfish from uh from w uh wgmu right 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 um, yeah yeah, uh, okay. yeah it, it, it might have been yeah. him we're the only uh, two people that understand <laughs> the, that reference <laughs> <laughs> so uh and i gotta figure out what song he always played when he had his outro um but um Anyways, uh, so this guy's sitting there, and he's eating, like, the, the wings looked pretty horrific. They were not that good looking. Um, and the menu and the drinks were just not good. Um, and it was, just, it was just not a great experience for the game day experience. So probably won't be returning there uh, oh, until, like, until Neds, late night. Ned's is a great late night spot because you can get some beers and have a game on or something like that. But for the game day experience with the food and everything like that, Carpool just waxes them. Um so anyways, and so does Crossroads. But looking at it, this guy, like I said, playing zone defense at the quarter of the bar, 
And he starts talking to this one guy who has a giant shirt on. Meanwhile, mind you, the Giants played at 9.30. Yeah. So this is like a 1.30, 2 o'clock. And this, I, I don't know if this guy with the giant shirt was, you know, has been there ever since the Giants game started or something like that. But this ponytail, Pony, he kept sitting there and just talking to this dude. And he was cussing at every TV like he was watching every game. like Just like that one person at Carpool where it's like, who are you rooting for? Like... Wentz makes a bad throw and he's like, "Oh, Wentz effing sucks!" Like out loud and in the in the bar, like out loud, and everyone's like, "What? Who the hell just said that?" And then all of a sudden, he he turns to another TV and he's like, "What the effing hell are the Jags doing?" Oh no! And I, and I, <laughs> Tony, man, this is why I don't leave the house. And 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 then all of a sudden, he looks over and uh, he's rooting for the Bucks in in this one game, and he's like. Come on, Tom. Come on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, like this guy is switching. He's just a fan of the game, you know. He doesn't he, have he, allegiances or anything. He's just a fan well, well, of football. <laughs> well, then of course, you know, the Steelers, you know, poor Steelers. Go go Kenny Pickett though. I'm glad he's he's in there. Sure. But the Steelers had a bad bad game to say the least. And all of a sudden, like he's like what the f are the Steelers doing? I cannot believe they're losing by this much. And it's like, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> and then, he, then he looks over at the Lions game, and I was shocked oh, the Lions got shut oh, out. And he's smoked. like, he's like, he's like, effing Lions. <laughs> oh man, he's just fired up. Look, he's a representation for all the fan bases out there that are frustrated. Well, he's switching. Like he said, all of those things in a matter of like ninety seconds. Well, he appreciates <laughs> the plight of all these teams. I think he is a. Uh, that is again. He's a fan of the game, Mike. He 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 has no ties. He's just any team that's struggling in the game. He feels for you, and that's the type of guy you want next to you at the at the bar when your team's getting crushed. Because that guy's going to be on your side regardless of, of any. Uh, should I should I make less work and not have to bleep something out real quick that he said? Yes, you should definitely make less work and not, okay, so okay, <laughs> not, not so, swear. So, okay, so the the biggest part was like obviously I want to say it so bad, but. Uh, again, he was he was sitting there and he had money on the Jags and the Texans, and he of course had money on the Jags because everyone thought the Jags were going to win, right. including myself. But I didn't bet on that game or anything like that. No, because I mean, who wants who wants to bet on two terrible teams? Yeah, no. So all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like late in the game, and uh, he looks over and he's like, "Hell yeah, first and twenty, screw you, Texans!" <laughs> and and and, I, and I'm just like, and first of all. They weren't showing that game on the TV, so he was watching it on his little phone, oh, and he had like an iPhone six or something like that, so it was so small. Um, and then all of a sudden, he's like, "Can we turn this stupid Lions game off?" So then he, he turns the Texans game on, and all of a sudden, he's looking over there. And then after the first and twenty comment, he sits there and he like takes a bite of his wing, and all of a sudden he looks up and it's like first and goal. And he was like, "What the f just happened?" Oh, <laughs> I, I, and he was there by himself, I assume. Like he didn't. Oh have, yeah, oh, dude. The guy was, and he was, he was eating the wings. Then he was on the phone, touching his his wing fingers oh, to his phone. That's this is grossing me out. I can't. And then all that. of a sudden, like the the, the one o'clock games ended. So then he's like, "I'm out of here," and he just left. Yeah, well, and everyone's I, like, "All right, see ya." Man. Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm like, what the hell? Like, you've never just, seen like, this it, gentleman before. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say something else. Uh, no, I, I have not seen. Make a joke the... about uh, driving a short bus. <laughs> no, I was, gonna, before. I was gonna make a joke oh. about something about on the side of the street, but you know, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's like. I mean, overall, that guy was that guy was crusty. As some people, so this like to is call the it. Neds 
experience. So, because so far you've related multiple Ned stories. You've talked about um, loud, drunk Herndon Laffer. You've talked about yeah, Herndon Laffer, the NFL fan. That's what we're calling this guy because he's just a fan of the NFL. I mean, we call him Pony. We call him Pony okay, for, his, yeah, for his, sh- his little his little nub ponytail. We can call him Pony. That's fine with me. Um, yeah. So I, I think again, this reinforces my thinking into being correct in that I'm glad I am not uh, leaving the house to go to these uh, bars because. You know, I just don't. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if I want my viewing experience with Pony and and the Herndon Laffer. I mean, if they're both there at the same time, that's that's a recipe for that's a zoo. disaster. Well, you can go to Crossroads because no one goes there. Sure, apparently. okay, okay, I'll, I'll take a look. And yeah, I'd go to Ned's maybe for a chicken sandy sometime. Um, yeah, maybe during my lunch cr- break. You, you, should, you, should, you should go to cr- uh, Crossroads uh, just because it's right next to your house. That's true. That's true. That's the biggest. That always, thing. That's a good selling point. Uh, the, the the shortest distance possible work usually works for me. You're not hitting the Monroe Grill anymore, are you? I hit it uh, every every week. Yeah, multiple times a week. I mean, it's right next to my office. It's I just yeah. walk to it. So yeah, no, well, that's what I'm, no I still go. You got to sub it in. You got to sub the Ned's Chicken Sandy in there, man. Ah, see, now that's a drive. That's that's me getting in the car and driving for for the Monroe Grill. I just walk out my the door of my office right next door. Go grab my uh, uh, go grab my. Uh, I mix it up. I, sometimes I go with the. <laughs> I was gonna say you don't even know your. Well, order. there's the Monroe Grill Club that I get uh, sometimes uh. with some fries. And then um, my other go-to order, of course, is the spicy chicken. It's like chicken. It's not a sandwich. It's the, it's the chicken, rice, uh, salad, and um, a little egg roll. And it's like cheap and they it's know, great. Did I know you by your first name? Um, that's that is. I don't know. They they don't know my name. I don't know theirs. But we've known each other for like four years, <laughs> and <laughs> that's uh, it's just never has come up. It's never <laughs> there's no never a need to say a first name over there, and that's why I love that place. Uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's uh, let's move into a little bit of football talk. We do have to get to it here. We are the commanders. Yes, unfortunately, we do have to bring up. Another travesty here is the Commanders have lost four straight, including another loss, this time at home, uh, 21-17 to the Tennessee Titans. Going into the game, this was a, uh, it was what, the Titans were favored by one point, I think, the the betting line. Uh, I think the final betting line was one and a half. Right. So, you know, going in, even the odds makers kind of thought, hey, you know, the commanders have a chance here at home playing the Titans. You got to think something can happen here. Uh, And, of course, the commanders did lose. Uh, Carson Wentz on the game, 359 yards, two TDs, one pick, which was at the end of the game, Uh, got sacked three times. Other stats here, I mean, the Russian game is pretty much non-existent. Brian Robinson came back, uh, obviously, from, from the gunshot stuff, and he's back in the lineup, nine carries, 22 yards. He was the team's leading rusher for the game with 22 yards. That's And, and the second leading rusher, Carson Wentz, <laughs> five, five carries, uh, 15 yards. On the receiving side of things, that's where things were a little bit better. I mean, Terry McLaurin, five catches, 76 yards. Um, the big one was De'Ami Brown. Uh, two catches, 105 yards, and one of them, of course, being the 75-yarder, uh, and two touchdowns on the day for a guy who has been – I mean, obviously, we were kind of excited to bring him in. Initially, we are like, this guy's a blazer. He's got great speed. And we – you know, I think – give credit to you and I. I'm pretty sure before the season started, we had talked about that um, 
with Carson Wentz coming in, that a guy like Deami Brown would have the potential to have a big play here and there because Carson Wentz got a good arm, maybe take a shot. Uh, and we saw it in that game as far as Deami Brown getting a touchdown there. Other guys, I mean, Curtis Samuel, six catches, 62 yards. Um, John's, uh, or Mike's favorite player, John Bates, three catches, 39 yards. Uh, nothing else really much stat line wise that was impressive. I mean, Carson Wentz. How many tackles did Wild Goose get? Wild Goose, yeah, that's a good question because I, I two tackles, <laughs> two tackles. Oh, nice. Two tackles. Um, Cole Holcomb led the team, of course, as he always does. He had 15 tackles. 11 of those were being solo. So, you know, you, you did have, I guess, if uh, there's good and bad in this game. I think one of the good aspects was defensively five sacks for this defense. You got to like that. Um, but everything else uh not a big fan of especially um you know having a chance to possibly win the game at the end and not being able to execute there was a really funny video of jason brown from um the uh uh from the netflix show last chance you who is uh for those who watch that show he's, he was the coach from independence kansas was the team and it's crazy crazy guy but he w was on twitter today breaking down that play call um and uh at the end of the game and just showing like how terrible the reads were from Carson and how bad the play call was from the offense it was just it was great to see but anyway 1721 <laughs> commanders lose mike another tough one for sure so i'll start with the positives the positive uh when you're looking at the defense as you mentioned uh you know james smith williams i don't really know too much about this guy um, to say the least, but when you're looking at him, I mean, he had a pretty damn good game. Four total tackles, three solos, one sack, one tackle for loss, four QB hits, tie the team lead with QB hits. Uh, then obviously Montez Sweat, six total tackles, five solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, four QB hits. So they were getting pressure on Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill right. is somewhat easy to get pressure on because he has center blocks for legs. He has some mobility, but it's it's nowhere close to like a Jalen Hurts or anybody like that. He's more so in between Jalen Hurts uh, and Tom Brady. You know, it's it's not that much. So you're really looking at it and saying, we got good pressure. Uh, Cole Holcomb, which everyone says like, oh, he's average. He's at If you got a guy that can go out there as a linebacker and, you know, not be a Reed Dowdy. Now, Reed Dowdy, you know, back in the day, everyone used to like, you know, just pencil him in as a starter. I thought he sucked. You know, <laughs> that guy was so bad back in the day because he would get so many tackles because they just throw at him all day. But Cole Holcomb was a linebacker, and that's what he's supposed to do is go out there and lead the team in tackles. I believe last year he was top seven, I believe, or something like that. Maybe I'm off with that. I know he's top ten, right, uh, right. I believe, in tackles for Cole Holcomb. But you're looking at it and just saying, like, oh, what happened to uh, Jamin Davis? Oh, he's actually playing better. I saw he had a, a touchdown-saving tackle, at least, against Derrick Henry uh, in the flat uh, when uh, he got thrown to in the flat, I believe it was. Uh, or maybe it was a little bit downfield. I forgot exactly how far it was uh, as of right now. But you're looking at it and just saying, like, we had some t sacks. We had some good pressures. Our defensive line played really well. Uh, our secondary wasn't as bad. So you're looking at it and saying, okay, not too bad. Not too bad. We'll take yeah. that. But then moving on points is not the end of the world defensively. I mean, three yeah. touchdowns, one a quarter for the first three quarters. Like, yeah, that's not I don't I think you would take now. Obviously, uh, you want I mean, it'd be great if they give him no touchdowns. Like, I understand that. But I just think for where this defense has struggled at times and where this team has struggled at times, giving up 21 points, not the end of the world. And uh, defensively, I think right. you're right. They did look a lot better. 
And then looking at the offensive side of the ball, um, and by the way, I, I will say a negative was Tressway. Tressway probably had his worst game as a pro. Um, yeah. He had some terrible punts, but <clears throat> overall, some, crucial, really some crucially terrible punts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially some of the positioning towards the end of the game. I mean, yeah, six punts, only t- two uh, he was able to get them within the twenty. Uh, right. Uh, and you know that it it just yeah not a good day for Tressway. I fully agree. Yeah, I just wanted to side note that real quick. But then, again, the positives for the receiving side. Yes, De'Ami Brown had two catches for 105 yards. Uh, you know, I still don't think he's going to be a huge factor for this right, team. Right. When, when when Dotson comes back, he's going to slot him back right in there. Um, but it's good to see him go out there and actually have something productive uh, because it would be nice to see him somehow uh, get overshadowed by Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and uh, um, Jahan Dotson for the sole fact that he could come in on this type of role and go in there and get a couple scores and, and get a couple long bombs. Um, but the biggest thing is you're, you're looking at, you know, John Bates, who's John Bates has, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, he's not my favorite player, but he, he, he's a, he's a pass or excuse me. He's a, he's a blocker. He's not yeah, even a, yeah. a pass catcher. <laughs> Cole Turner, who we drafted this year was supposed to be that guy. He got three targets, no catches. So that was not a good thing, but J.D. McKissick looked like J.D. McKissick of last year, uh, which was great. He did get a couple uh, really good productive uh, downs where he went out there and extended drives. Um, but just looking at it and saying, overall, pretty good day from everybody. I mean, Terry McLaurin had a couple good, uh, really good catches in, in, in traffic. Um, his, his longest was 34, which is good. But we want to see that. We want to see, you know, Scary Terry is not going to be the guy that goes out there and catches, you know, 145 yards or anything like that. He's going to be the guy that you lean on because he's very reliable. And he has a game like this past, uh, you know, a day ago where he had five catches, 76 yards. That's pretty much who he is. And right there, that's perfect because you go out there, you're not, he's not going to go out there and try to get 1500 yards. He's, he's a, you know, probably an 80 to 90 catch guy to a hundred or, or maybe 1300 yards receiving, which is a pretty solid receiver. He's not probably not top 10 in, in, in the league or anything like that, right. but I would say he's easily top 15 probably. And he's that type of guy. And he had a good game for once because they, they started targeting him and him and Curtis Samuel did really well. But now we're going to move on to the negatives. So where should we start with the negatives? Maybe we'll start at quarterback. I think Carson Wentz, had a B minus game. Right. Now, I'm not right. gonna say he had a, he had a great game. I mean his his average wasn't that great. Nine point four. I mean I think he outshined Ryan Tannehill uh, tenfold. But you're looking at it and saying three sacks. Okay, it's not as bad. Even though he was still getting ru- bum rushed every two seconds. But you're looking at it and and, and kind of. Looking at a stat line and saying that's a really good stat line, but you're still seeing people out there who are negative Nancys who sit there and say, "Oh man, Carson, he got a D for me. He got a, I mean, he just didn't make the right reads and this." Other. Okay, I understand that he had two long bombs that were 105 yards. They still count. Okay, not to mention it's not like he had a Ryan Tannehill stat line where he had 105 yards of Deami Brown and only 181 total. Right. The biggest thing you're looking at here is like. The guy threw for almost 360 yards, threw 38 times, which is you probably don't want that because we couldn't run the ball, obviously. But you're you're sitting there saying he had two touchdowns, he had the crucial pick at the very end of the game. But the, the biggest thing about it was is I saw some dimes he was dropping in the breadbasket. And the problem that I have is that people still sit there and say, "Man, this guy, you know, there's and, and I, I, Rick Snyder is, is 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 a good guy. Okay, I like it. I like hearing him on the radio yeah, and stuff like that." Yeah. But and he's got a funny voice, kind of to me and stuff like that, and it's entertaining. <laughs> but you you think about it and saying he said he gave him a D. And he's like, 
uh, I, I saw some good things, but I also saw some negative things. Like they, everyone says that, and it's getting really annoying to this point because everyone says, "Oh, I saw some good things," but I, but I, I hey, hold, hold the hold the horses, like pull back on the reins. I saw some bad things too. It's because they can't focus on the good things that he did to keep us in the ball game. Now, granted, seventeen points. Not enough to win your ball game with this defense. Okay, right, right. we don't we don't have the Bucks defense when they no, were in the Super Bowl. No. We don't have uh, you know the Ravens two thousand defense. We don't have a defense that's so overpowering to the point where they can go out there and win with seventeen points. Uh, but you're looking at it and saying, where was the run game? Okay, you're looking at it and saying, where was you know the 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 play calling late in the game or the clock management from the coaching staff? I mean. Literally, I wanted to challenge the Cam Sims, but I'm a I'm an armchair coach over here that shouldn't be costing you the game where you just lost a timeout when I said I wanted to challenge it because I saw one replay and I was excited because he caught the ball and sure. he, he was really pumped up. So I thought and I believed that he caught it. But after I saw a couple of replays, I was like, oh, I shouldn't challenge that. No, no, they but shouldn't. But then all of a sudden they, they, <laughs> they challenged it and they lost a, a, a freaking timeout and then you have stupid nick martin who got zero talent from his brother zach and he's over there like the third snap of the oh, game or something like that yeah. he snapped it on the ground so and carson's diving around like a turtle trying to trying to you know uh like franklin the old cartoons and they're trying to like in the fetal position trying to cover the ball was, and then you have it was just so it, bad it's like dude make a snap he did it in the last drive of the game he got a penalty in the last drive of the game what the hell is that guy doing <laughs> like that guy's making ten ten thousand a million times more than I am as a teacher, and that guy can't even snap the damn ball right. right. It's like, dude, you can't snap it right. Your brother is so much better than you. He's an all-pro right guard, and all of a sudden, maybe he's a left guard. Who cares? I care. I hate the Cowboys. And it's like, you just think about it and saying, what are we doing? Like, I understand that's not a coaching issue because obviously, if you can't snap the ball, you just suck in general. But why is everyone blaming once again? Everyone's blaming Carson Wentz for throwing that pick. I even texted a buddy of mine and said, "I can't wait till 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 you, you come and tell me." Oh, Carson Wentz cost us that game, and he choked. It's like he threw for three hundred sixty yards. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, he kept you in the game. He was throwing and dimes the pick left was and right. On, you know, an ending uh, end of the game drive to yeah. try to win the game. Like that's gonna happen sometimes. Like that's not the player. You know, that's not him like fumbling it. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, there's certain plays that you could say a guy choked, but on that one, it's like, eh, you got to kind of chalk it up as like, hey, this was a he's trying to he's trying to win the ball game for us here, and, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, but it's it's just my my last thought is, I am really sick and tired of everyone saying. Carson Wentz did a couple good things, but he did so many bad things, too. You, right. you, have, you have to chalk yeah. that up. And that's what's pissing me off, too, is that, yes, again, like I said, 17 points ain't going to win you a ball game, but he kept you in the ball game, and he was the one who led the drive down. He's the one who's, who threw those two dimes to De'Ami Brown. Yeah, De'Ami Brown has to catch it, but he still put it right in the breadbasket where De'Ami Brown was the only one who could catch it. And then you're looking at other throws that he made, and I was like, man, that's great. That was awesome. It kind of reminisced back to the Jaguars game. And, yes, he is inconsistent. We all know that. But we're not sitting here saying that this dude is Peyton Manning. Like I have always thought right now, this season, that he is a top 20 quarterback. Now, maybe to the latter half of that top 20. Right. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's anywhere close to the top 10. But a top 20 quarterback, it's a top 20 quarterback. And everyone's saying, oh, put Taylor Heineke in. And I, I, I loved it when I saw on Twitter everyone saying, oh, man, you know, I, I think Taylor could have ran it in there. Taylor could have ran it. I'm like, 
Who? What do you? <laughs> how do you even know that? How do you know Taylor Heineke could have ran in there? Because you watched one play from the Bucks playoff right, game where like... he dove for the pylon. You're a moron. Right. Whoever said that right. in that stupid press conference live thing that I saw on Facebook, you're a moron for saying mm-hmm. that. Because no anybody, you think Russ could not could do that? I think Russ could do that. Russ used to be mo- mobile, and now everyone's saying that Russ was elite the last three years, and now all of a sudden Russ sucks. So it's like you're looking at it and saying Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson. Everyone. Like, like, and I, I feel bad a little bit for him because everyone's just beating this dude into the freaking grave and just wants to kick him out for something that he's not even doing wrong. I understand there are things that he is doing wrong. I get that. But the problem is, is that the coaching staff has zero accountability. They don't sit there and say, oh, man, we got to put him in a better spot. Or you ever heard them say that? Oh, we got to put Carson in a better spot. We kind of left him out to dry on this play call. You know, we didn't get the play in on time or we misused the timeouts there. It's always, oh, well, Jamin Davis. Davis, he, he he can't tackle. He sucks. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, Carson Wentz, we got we to do a lot better with him. Like, I can't believe he's, he, he's, he's having these bad throws. It's like, dude, like Ron Rivera, you suck. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm, this, is my last, I'm, this is my last plea, okay, because I just don't understand it. Like, I'm getting fired up now. I'm like, it's, the juices are flowing because the sole fact that I, I saw that today, and we're going to get to it here in a second in that, in that sounder. I, I just I don't understand how you don't take accountability for someone who has been a head coach for the last 11 years or whatever the hell it is, take accountability. Stop blaming all the players and you know shoving your chips over here and shoving your chips over there and, and pointing this finger, pointing that finger. It's like the Spider-Man meme when they're all pointing at each other and all the coaches say, well, who is it? I don't know. It's not me. Well, it's him. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. It's like, what are you doing? Stop blaming this dude for going out there and throwing six, 360 yards and then saying, oh, it's the quarterback's fault every single two seconds. The dude hung in there. He threw for twice as much as Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he has Derrick Henry. But at the same time, it's like he outplayed that quarterback tenfold. And you're going to sit there and blame him for every single thing that he did. And you're not going to take any blame for yourself. You need to hit the kick rock, pound sand, go down the road, and, and just retire. Because we need some new blood in here, and that's what's going to happen, I hope. And that takes us to this clip that you mentioned that this was going around on Twitter uh, today from, from this press conference. I'm just going to play it, and we'll react. Aaron, following up on John's question about the, the Giants, you know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at, at this point? Quarterback. God, what a moron. I mean, with quarterback, like the Cowboys, for instance, they're, they don't have Dak Prescott this season and still have been able to well, they win. Started with, well, they, well, they started, started with him, Dak, but they've... And they build around Dak, and the offense is built around Dak. Um, their backup's a, a guy that is very solid inside of it, inside of what they do. Um, and what does that even mean? The truth is that this is a quarterback-driven <laughs> league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, they've been able to build it around a specific quarterback chose the quarterback here though so do you have any regrets about that or how do you no i got no regrets about that quarterback i think our quarterback has done some good things there's been a couple games that he struggled um but you look at his numbers from yesterday and you would say okay look at his numbers he's had throughout the year there was a time he was you know um very soft pass and blame once again and then um you know we had the unfortunate philadelphia game and he struggled with it in the dallas game but the way he performed yesterday it just shows you what he's capable of and you know, we chose him because we believe him. We chose him because we looked at what we felt were, were, were things that pointed towards him. I, I guess, uh, I guess the problem is, is what he's what he's saying just doesn't really make sense. You know, I, I think if 
if you true and you know part of it is his look like I, I I guess you know Ron is not going to kind of like you said I don't think Ron is going to sit there and ever take the blame and the the the, the accountability um, he'll partially do it like yeah you know some of it's on us and then some of it's on the guys and, and I'll, he'll never take that full responsibility but it doesn't make sense to when you say that these other teams especially in the division have just built around a quarterback and that's why they're having success and though I chose the quarterback so it should technically be my fault if we're not having success by his own logic he is responsible for the team's lack of success because he chose a quarterback like you know it, it doesn't make sense but the bigger thing is look this is obvi- it's obviously bigger than just a quarterback in the NFL I mean quarterbacks obviously so crucial you have to have a good one I get that but you look at the other teams in this division. I mean, look at the Eagles, one of the best defenses in the league. Look at the Bucks last year, always up there in defense. I mean, defense is obviously going to be a big part of it, and the other personnel are going to be a big part of it beyond just the quarterback. I don't think that offensive line uh, for the teams that are really successful in this league is just because of they're building for the quarterback. No, they're building because you need to have a good offensive line if you want to win football games. doesn't matter who's back there. Uh, so I, I just don't – his logic – and this was a great questioning uh, from the reporter. I, I didn't yeah, catch yeah. his name, but um, because yeah, if you look around the division, and there's no excuse. I mean, this Giants team is better; it shouldn't be better than this Commanders team, but they are record-wise. Eagles, they were supposed to be rebuilding a year or two ago, and now look at them; they're you know it's one of the best teams in, in the NFC now. And then <clears throat> you look at the Cowboys. Supposed to be taking steps back without Dak. This is the second season in a row he's gotten hurt, and they're still just as strong as they've ever been. And it doesn't make sense if that the Commanders aren't able to keep up with that. In theory, it doesn't make sense uh, that that's happening. Uh, and and if it is happening, that it's on it's on Ron. It's on the the personnel decisions because this shouldn't be happening. This team should be better than they are right now. The funny thing that I look at, and again. People are going to probably go out there and say that I'm a Carson Wentz homer and I I hate coaches and all that kind of stuff. The biggest thing is, like I said, he's pointing fingers once again at Carson Wentz and then trying to backpedal the entire conversation. Because when you think about him saying, oh, it's the quarterback, and then all of a sudden the guy was like, but you, you you picked him. Yeah. Like, you, you picked this guy, but you're saying he's the reason you guys are losing. I mean... Think about it this way. Cleveland, they have Jacoby Brissett. Who would you take, Carson Wentz or Jacoby Brissett? Carson Wentz, 100 times out of 100. <laughs> yeah, that that's my point, is Jacoby Brissett, yeah, Cleveland's been playing pretty well, but Jacoby Brissett has literally completed 64% of his passes, which is just over Carson Wentz. He also has 330 yards less, which is a full game, and he's been the day one starter. Yeah. It's because you have the personnel around them and they have a better offensive line. It's like, again, I've heard so many things out there that said, you know what? It's okay. You know, we have weapons. We have this. We have that. Who's going to be blocking for him? Yeah, like, yeah. You, doesn't like, matter. I just, don't, I just don't hear any words come out of his mouth that says, you know what? Nick Martin sucks. Or, you know what? Sam Cosme was a terrible pick a couple of years yeah. ago. Or or oh, Wes Schweitzer, or, or who, I don't even know who the guards are. I don't even know who the, who, who's playing, to be honest with you. I just know they all are terrible. It's like you look at it and say, 
Why isn't he looking at the real issues? Oh, you benched William Jackson this week. Oh, maybe that's the reason why uh, Ryan Tannehill only threw for 180 yards. Right. Like, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe you're actually taking accountability by benching some guys that you made moves for. You made moves for William Jackson. He's he's like the second highest paid player on the on the team or something like that, and he sucks right now. I mean. You just don't understand what you're doing because right now what you're doing is actually defending the players you have that you picked up by saying, well, you know, I mean, they they, 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 built, they built around. They, they didn't build around Cooper Rush. They cut him at the end of the preseason. Like, you're saying that Cooper Rush, who literally got cut at the end of the preseason, and, I mean, that was a huge story. The Cowboys have no quarterbacks after Dak. They ended up getting Cooper Rush back. I mean, Ben DiNucci's getting flack right now because he said how bad the, the Broncos game was, and then they all everyone started trashing him on there, and he was a, a, a Cowboys quarterback at one point. So you're looking at just saying, I, I don't understand the, the flack that he's getting because Ron is saying that Cooper Rush and also that uh, Daniel Jones are better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, okay? right. Every, I don't get <laughs> – I don't give a rat's ass about QBR. QBR sucks. That's the dumbest stat in the world because he went out there and threw for 360 and two touchdowns, and they're like, oh, he had a below-average QBR. How does that even calculate? He threw for almost 400 yards. It's like it makes no sense to me because, yes, yards aren't everything. Because, yes, you look on here and you're looking at Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan in the top five in yards. It's probably because their teams are down. You know, that's that's a reason why they're throwing a lot. But you're also looking at other guys in here that threw for a ton of yards too. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you know, his teams haven't been down all the time. I mean, they were up by 20 points or whatever this past uh, week or 15 or whatever the heck it was, and he's thrown three less times than Carson Wentz, and they have Leonard Fournette. So it's like you're, you're, you're looking at it and saying, what is the real issue with Ron? I think Ron has his personal vendetta against either Carson Wentz or against somebody that we just can't pinpoint right now because when you sit there and blame this guy, then that guy, I mean, I hate Jamin Davis. He needs to step up a lot more. We right, got time. Right. Then, he says, then, he, then he says, oh, well, we got time. We got to work harder. It's like, what do you mean you got to work yeah, harder? It's not going like, to happen that, overnight. It, That's what it's, he it's, says. It's, it's like, <laughs> I, if I suck at calculus, I'm not just going to work harder and then all of a sudden be Albert Einstein. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Like there's 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 no point to sit there and say we got to work harder and and work our tails off. Like okay, this 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 is, this isn't like a construction site where like all of a sudden like you know you got to work harder to you know to get the construction built faster. It makes no sense. It's not like a time consumption thing. You're seeing it other coaches around the air. Kevin O'Connell, they're four and one in in, in Minnesota. They sucked under under uh, Zimmer. Then you're seeing other coaches around the area. I mean, uh, uh, whatever uh, the the, um, uh, the guy in Dallas, his name is uh, freaking Mike McCarthy. Uh, he, he he sucked the first year. Then also they went twelve and five last year, and they're winning with a backup triple backup, you know, uh, uh, practice squad guy, Cooper Rush, who played barely any time in the NFL uh, recently. And you're, you're seeing that, and all of a sudden, Ron keeps saying, well, we got some time. we got some time. Like, okay, stop. Like, I understand that you don't want to panic because that, that's that's coaches speak. You don't want to sit there and say, you know what, we're giving up on the season. You know, you don't want to say that. Sure. But, oh, sorry. It's okay. But, yeah. it, whatever. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're looking at it and saying, I don't understand why you can't just be real. That's why everyone liked Jay Gruden because Jay Gruden was like, you know, we just got to play better football. I mean, this is this is, this is terrible. You know, we're, we're not play-. like he would say what's on his mind. That's the thing. That's what everyone liked about it. But then all of a sudden, now you're seeing, you know, Ron Rivera here is trying to act like some like motivational speaker, 
and and someone and and Scott Abraham uh, or, or Abrams or however I say his last name, I forgot. I'm in a frenzy right now. You know, he says, "Hey, so is it time to panic?" He's like, "Maybe for you, Scott, it's time to panic." But we're we're, we're status quo over here. Like we're 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 doing our thing. Like yeah, you're doing your thing. That 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 sucks. Like whatever you're doing just sucks. It's like I just don't understand because again. Carson Wentz just gets so much flack and it's getting under my skin real easily because he's not the best quarterback in the world. Everyone knows that, but everyone's expectations are so high that he has to be because since Kirk Cousins, he's the best quarterback we've had pretty much since Robert Griffin and Kirk Cousins. So you're looking at and saying best guy we've had in the last five years or so. Our expectations are through the freaking roof. Everyone expects 2017 Carson Wentz, but you're not getting 2017 Carson Wentz. You're getting, you know, Tom Brady when he's going to be 57 years old. Like, you're not going to get a guy that's going to be in his prime, ready to rock and roll, going to go out there and throw dimes left and right and throw for 300 yards every single time. You don't have that guy. You have a guy that's better than the last few quarterbacks you've had that have been underperforming. This guy, I mean, when's the last time we had a guy through five games throw for the fourth amount, fourth most? yards in the entire NFL we don't have that right right, right now right now he's Jared Goff I think I think him and Jared Goff are pretty much on par they they have really inconsistent games but they throw you know some dimes in there that you're just like man that's why Jared Goff is the number one overall pick that's why Carson Wentz was the number two overall pick you see that you see that talent but then there's other games where Jared Goff goes out there and gets shut out 29 nothing when people expected them to win so you're seeing that and I just don't understand it and Ron's just you know literally the S is piling up to the point where it's like it started at a Chihuahua early, and now it's like a Rottweiler, and then it's starting to become a Saint Bernard. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> I think uh, you know, I think I think this fan base is also just weird about quarterbacks. They they, they really are. Um, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll they'll suddenly get behind a guy like Taylor Heineke that really they shouldn't necessarily get behind, and then they he had a whole season last year, and no one saw that. Yeah, and then and then they won't get behind a guy like Carson Wentz, or they'll lose faith in. Her cousins, and obviously there was a lot in that situation, but still, like, they, they, it's just a very weird fan base when it comes to quarterbacks. There, there just hasn't been a normal. I feel like I feel like they're just never normal about QBs here in this town yeah. for some reason, and like this is another example of that. But I don't know. We'll see what happens this week <sighs> against the Bears. Um, that should be a, a, a winnable game, but you never know with this team anymore. Um, <laughs> they're not even favored in that game. I know it's it's a mess. <laughs> but before we get to the final lap, it is time. To settle back here, Mike. Settle back. I know you've been fired up today. Dropping F-bombs left and right on the show. I dropped an S-bomb. I know. Not an, I, know. I'm I, I held the F back. I'm kidding. We're uh, going to head... I, wa- I wanted to say that, though. We're going to head over to the Sultan. The Sultan of Seltzers. Doing his Sultan of Seltzers reviews. I'm not saying. This is an adult beverage, by the way. Got it. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> uh, so... In case you were wondering, the number one uh, seltzer in the <coughs> standings right oh. now is our Wild Basin Black Raspberry at 8.4. Right now, the lowest rated is the White Claw Passion Fruit at 4.1. What do we have in store for the people today? Today for the Sultan of Seltzer. We should have <laughs> we should have like a, a guy do a voice like that and pay five bucks for it on a... Uh, Fiverr. Yeah, or um, you just find a guy on the street. <laughs> find a guy in the uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Pony will do it. There you go. Um, 
Hey, he might might start talking to me about freaking Jacksonville Jaguars or something like that. Uh, so today we have a new one that okay. I haven't seen before. I, I might have been on sale, so that might not be a good sign. Um, but it is brewed in my hometown, Sterling, Virginia. Oh, okay, uh, I like that. So no idea where it's brewed though in Sterling, Virginia. It says brewed in that area. Interesting. Uh, it might be at someone's garage. I don't know. All right. So what we have is the brilliant, now that's a high standard, brilliant, yeah, craft hard seltzer, Mojito. Mojito. So we did have a Mojito style, truly Kiwi uh, earlier in the Salted yeah. Seltzers. That was the third rated uh, drink that you gave it a 6.9 out of 10. So we'll see what right. brilliant hard seltzer, Mojito style here. Um, so we start with the appearance here, the appeal. The appeal is really cool because of the sole fact that it's like a, I mean, the one thing I don't like about it is that you can tell it's not like a legit can because it's just like a regular can. They just put like that, that like sticker on it. Sure. Where it's right, right. Where I, I don't like that because it's, it, that to me feels like, you know, back in a, in like a barn somewhere or something like That's that. That's the doing hope. It. I hope it's from <laughs> a barn. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but it's just like it, it, it's a cool like sticker because it's it's black and it looks like a like a like a silver sun's popping out of it and stuff like that. It looks pretty cool. So I, the peel is not bad. Yeah. But the the issue I have with it is it's you know I noticed it, it was like a sticker and I don't like stickers. I like it when you know the can is like a truly can or something like that where it's all flat and it's smooth and it's nice. He does this not one's, like stickers, people. I don't like stickers. Be sure to note okay? that. Uh, take a little whiff. I just want to know: Can you smell any of the fruity mojito? in there well it's not fruity it smells it smells uh well i guess mojito has mint in it right so, right okay so that it does have uh, a hint of mint all right a hint like of mint. That. all right let's all right, give let's it a little let's, give, let's give a little, little taste there see uh what's in store here for the brilliant hard seltzer mojito a brilliant seltzer for a brilliant man if you ask me you know what i've never had a mojito before because when i go to a bar or a nice place like I always see where it says like specialty jinks or signature drinks, and I'm always like, all right, just give me a you know double rum and coke. Um, right. But I'm just not a fancy drinker. Like it's just, it's just not my style. That's surprising for a lot of people listening to this show. They they just assumed you were a really fancy guy. You know, a really fancy. <laughs> oh really? <drinker. laughs> yeah. Well, they should tune in the TikTok and you'll look <laughs> at me and say that that guy's uh, you know, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so the first uh, drink, it's it's actually quite pleasant. Okay. It's not like a it's not like a pleasant taste where all of a sudden I'm sitting here saying like, man, this is really you know hitting the spot. But it's 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 pleasant in the sense of, all right, it's kind of like a Carson Wentz when he throws for 360. There we go. So this tastes like Carson Wentz, and it also makes you smarter because <laughs> it's brilliant hard seltzer. That's a big part of it too. Um, so I'm 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 interested to know the rating here. Uh, okay. For this one, so let me get the, uh, the drum roll ready here, as we hear the only problem though, four point five alcohol. Don't like that. Ooh, that's a little low for so, you. So, the brilliant craft hard seltzer mojito is a six point nine six out of ten. Point nine for the brilliant yep. hard seltzer that puts it actually right at the exact rating of the truly kiwi mojito style poolside yeah. pack, which was also a six point nine. And I believe so that ties it now for fourth place overall. I believe, or no, fifth place. Fifth place looks like overall. Uh, just so, j- just in general, it's it's not it's not going to blow you out of the water, 
but it it has a kind of I've had maybe one humojito in my life before, and it kind of tastes you know you can taste a little bit of the hint of the of the mint and the lime or whatever the hell's in it, um, and you know I remember the the kiwi mojito style. And the initial taste wasn't what or was better than the aftertaste. That's why that one got knocked. Right. This one, like I said, it's it's a it's a nice average C. Maybe I should give it a seven point because a seventy in high school is a C. It's too late. Um, you already wrote down six point yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, it's six point nine. It's 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 the it's the mojito in it. But uh, right now, six point nine. Six point nine is a, it's, it's it's a it's solid, a solid score. score. I mean, yeah, you're just teetering into the sevens. You're just outside of that mark. If they just made it a little bit better. You're not going to seek it out. I mean, you're going to, if if it's like, hey, I'm going to try something new, just like the Sultan does, then obviously you might want to try it. But overall, all you kiddies at home, I just want to be like the Sultan. That's what they say. All those kids. Stick with with wild bass and black raspberry. (laughs) That's that's what we tell the youth of America. If you want to be like the Sultan, you drink wild bass and black raspberry. (laughs) Let's move into the final app. 90 seconds of some quick analysis and some bigger stories in sports. Here we go. Of course, we talked about him earlier. Matt Rule uh, fired as head coach of the Panthers, Mike, and he got a nice little uh, paycheck on the way out because he still had some years left on that contract. Forty mil he is owed. I, I mean, that's just that's just glorious, man. Sitting there saying, "Hey," and I to- I told you in our text thread, if you have a chance to coach an NFL team, one of the thirty-two jobs in the world, you might as well do it because even if you suck, you're still going to make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, no kidding. And he'll he'll yeah he'll go get a job somewhere. Uh, the Mets, the Mets are done. One hit in that game, <clears throat> in the wild wild card game, lost to the Padres. Now, the Phillies and the and the Braves are still alive, so you do have a couple NL East folks still in it. Uh, but it's always good to see the Mets lose after a season like this too. You know what? I hate the Mets, and I love seeing them only have one hit and lose the. Padres. Now, I wish it would have happened one game earlier because I bet on the Padres, but uh, you know, game two didn't happen for me. But overall, I hate the Mets, so suck it. <laughs> and moving on from that one, actually, <laughs> uh, kind of staying on the topic, interesting thing, kind of, actually, I'm going to get to that in a sec. First, DC United, Mike, they finish 7 6 and 21 with 21 losses, 14th place in the MLS. Uh, ESPN gave them an F grade for <laughs> the season. Uh, I know it's not like I mean we we were following the team a lot at the beginning when they were winning and then it's like the just the wheels came off this season. You had Taxi Fountas uh, get accused of calling uh, another player by a racial slur that was investigated. Huh. I mean this was a disaster season for DC United. Uh, do you think like I mean this is about bottom of the barrel for this team? I, I mean without getting into like the nitty gritty of like the players or anything like that. Like it, are they the most embarrassing team in DC sports right now? Well, I mean, if you consider the the Nats being the worst team in Major League Baseball by five games to the Oakland Athletics, who are playing in a in a stadium that is made for horror movies, I mean, that's pretty bad. But DC United, the thing is, is that everyone expects a lot out of them because they do have the that one season out of three where all of a sudden they're playing in the playoffs, and it's crazy. Uh, but I think obviously getting Wayne Rooney in there. Uh, maybe attracting some English players that are kind of at the back end of their prime. 
that could help them a little bit. But 14th place, I mean, that's just pitiful. I, I didn't even know their season was still going on, to be honest it's like with you. It just ended. It, it, was, uh, it was bad. It was bad. Um, and then the last thing, I just wanted to point this out because it's fun here locally. So he had a little exchange on Twitter between FP Santangelo and Kevin Franzen. Of course, uh, FP, the former uh, color analyst for Masson and the Nats. Kevin Franzen now the current one. So this was a, regarding the Padres-Mets game. FP Santangelo tweeted, uh, I couldn't tweet, you have to walk Juan Soto here fast enough, dot, dot, dot. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Uh, this was in, in response to you know, Juan Soto coming up in a big situation uh, and FP saying, you got to walk this guy in this situation. Kevin Franzen responds and replies to FP and says, numbers against left-handers this year, it was a no-brainer to go after him, uh, batting 200 with runners in scoring position, and Manny Machado's on deck. So basically saying like, hey, actually, um, you shouldn't just automatically walk Juan Soto here. You should go after him here because based on the numbers. Right, right. FP Santangelo, a little sassy response here, Mike, responds, who gives a S about numbers? He's Juan Soto. That's it. And then people really got involved in this. I mean, people were saying sassy Santangelo. You had Johnny Holiday weigh in and say, Kevin, you're completely right on this. Another former <laughs> Masson guy. Love me some Holiday. It's always nice to kind of see, I mean... Uh, Kevin Franzen it gets a little feisty on Twitter. I've seen him kind of battle with other fan bases and things like that. It's very weird to see your your current color analyst and your uh, former color analyst getting into a little tiff on Twitter. I like to see it. <laughs> well, because of the sole fact that FP was always, you know, there was mixed reactions because you had those certain people that he would lean on to back him up saying like I'm not I'm just trying to let you guys know how baseball's run. It's like right, dude, right, you right. Were, you were a utility player and no one cares about you. That's, right. that's the biggest thing. And he is a douche on Twitter. I don't oh, care right. what anyone says. He's a loser on Twitter. Like he yeah. literally I, I I tweeted at him one time. I think he blocked me for like a day and then unblocked me. It was kind of weird. Um and it, because he was like sitting there praising Ryan Zimmerman and obviously you know how I feel about yeah, Ryan Mr. Zimmerman. National. Mr. National. Um, and ever since you gave me that shirt, it's been on the back of this chair and has go. not moved. There you go. Um, well, yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> then you look at like FP, it's like he's saying like who gives an S about numbers and things like that. It's like, yeah, this is why you're not a relevant color analyst anymore because the game right. a lot of the game and analyzing the game has to do with the numbers you do have to look at the stats these days and you don't care about that fp because you're so old school and cool and it's like well i mean this is just the way the game has evolved and uh kevin franson's just making a point in that hey if you look at the numbers and the situation it's like yeah you just look at the name on the back of the jersey and see juan soto sure that's one thing we recognize as greatness but look at the situation that's what the coaches care about the coaches don't get intimidated right. by ooh no it's juan soto the coaches are looking at what's the situational matchup what's he hitting against lefties who's on deck right like that is how you think of a real analyst and a real coach and that side of things so are you, are you gonna tell yeah. randy johnson who's a lefty one of the best lefties if not the best lefty of all time gonna sit there and say Hey man, I think you should really, you know, I mean, he, he might even throw you the middle finger and tell you to f off. Right, right, right. I mean, right. that's how Randy Johnson I think was back in the day, especially with the Mariners. But you're looking at it and saying like, obviously, Moneyball, you know, it doesn't work all the time, right. and oh, stuff like not. that. No, no, no. But no. that's the thing is that even NFL are doing. I mean, seriously, like literally, the I think it was the Titans or the or I forgot who had them in the box this past week. Like they were like, oh, these are the three analytics guys that are sitting there just telling the coaches every single scenario of what right. the analytics right. tell you. It's like that's what sports are going to nowadays. Yeah. There, there's so many different methods out there, so many different calculations, so many different. Uh, 
uh, algorithms that you can go through that give you the best opportunity to move forward. And right there, when he's sitting there saying, it's Juan Soto, you got to do, you, you got to get rid of him. Like, okay, well, Manny Machado used to be an MVP caliber player right, too. Right, now, right. I don't know if he is right nowadays, but at the same time, he, no, but like, he's, I don't he's, I mean, he's very he's good. Manny Machado had a great season. You look yeah, at it, it was, and, and now you get you send a righty to the plate versus a lefty. I mean, yeah, I think you're you're totally right in that. It, analytics is obviously a, a vital part of the game these days, and it really just comes down to how you use the numbers. You don't always have to follow the numbers. Heck, look at our sports betting. You know, like the favorites right. don't always win in, in the betting world and that sort of thing. So yeah, I think it's just FP is just still such a clown. So it's just funny to see that um, uh, the other day. So I had to had to point that out. Um, bef- Thank you. Before we get to the money line, we'll, we will. Actually, let's get to the money line right now. Let's save trivia for next week, just because we're running a little bit uh, long here. So let's let's go ahead and get uh, the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Hopefully, officially sponsored by DraftKings soon. Um, we'll again keep you posted on that. And uh, what are we gonna do that for the background? What are we, are we gonna change? Are we gonna get the contender thing we, off there and just? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Are we that's, do? that's what do you, what are we gonna that's do? That's the plan. So, so uh, for those watching on YouTube, should the the contender logo. Uh, as of the uh, this YouTube episode uh, should be gone um, if I remember to do that. Uh, it's, it's gonna be like that that that, that gif where the, where the guy goes like this and he does a peace sign and then he just fades yeah, away. Yeah, love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what a, what an era. What a, cause I, can, I still got that. I still got the bottle opener downstairs. Oh, so uh, do I. Haven't used it once though. Money line picks here. It was. I mean, we talked about it at the top of the show how what a bloodbath it was picks wise this weekend, and it definitely was for me. Um, so oh, I'm yeah. looking to bounce back here. I'm going a little different. For for me, my lock, I usually, for this segment, I usually like just sticking with spreads, but I'm going to go in under. Uh, so Arizona plays Washington uh, in college football this weekend. The, the uh, over-under right now is set at 72 and a half. Um, so that's a pretty big number. I, I haven't had success with overs this year, so I'm going to go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and go under 72 and a half for Arizona yep. versus Washington. It's a big number. Um, and then my dog... I'm going to go Tennessee plus seven and a half versus Bama. I love, I, I talked about it on the show. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I love watching Tennessee play football. I love Same. seeing Hendon yeah. Hooker play. They are so fun to watch. They were fun to watch this weekend. And I think if there is a team that has a, a good shot at beating Bama, um, I mean, heck, we saw what Texas was able to do against Bama earlier in the season. Like, I feel like, and Tennessee, I feel like is better than Texas. Um, I think this is the game. Uh, now, obviously, Texas was at home, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going Tennessee plus 7.5 versus Bama as my dog. Well, Tennessee just waxed LSU yeah. in Baton Rouge. Yeah, yeah that was so you're, you're, yeah. I, And I love Brian Kelly. He's like, well, uh, we should, we expected to play better there. It's like, okay, dude. Like, okay, let's be honest yeah, here. You might get waxed destroyed. faster. Go co- co- did. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't understand. Uh, so, anyways, you're looking at, I like the under 72.5 because that's I mean, 10 touchdowns. You have to think it has to be lower than that. Um, and I do like the Tennessee pick. I might throw a little bit of shekels on that. There we go. So my lock of the week, JMU, the 25th yes, ranked sir. Dukes. <laughs> uh, not bowl eligible. It kind of sucks. But uh, overall, uh, 25th ranked JMU in their first year in the Sun Belt Conference as a uh, FBS team. Uh, at Georgia Southern, I'm going to go with over 66 and a half. Okay. Georgia Southern, not a terrible team. But they let in 34 plus, 34, 35, and I believe 42. I believe that which was was the uh, the last three, the last four they've let in. So their defense and eh, not that great. And you're gonna go against JMU that's five and zero, oh, and it has been 
raking Putting all numbers, year with yeah. the points. I mean, unbelievable. Their lowest all year was 32, and that was against App State. Uh, and that's the funny thing is 32 against App State, and they were down like 21 nothing or something like that against App State, came all the way back. So JMU and Georgia Southern uh, at Georgia Southern over 66 and a half. Like um, and then my dog, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna hang my hat on uh, the commanders again. I'm going to go plus one at Chicago. All right. It, I like it, it. It, it. If this last week – Something's got to turn around, right? I mean, let's be honest here. Chicago sucks. Yeah. Justin Fields, we'll see if he's anything. But – I mean, Chicago just sucks, man. And and the, the thing about it is, is Washington should have won that game against Tennessee. They should have. That's just, that's just the bottom line. The coaching decisions at the end of the game sucked. Maybe Wentz wasn't the best, but the coaching decisions at the end of the game sucked. The play calling sucked. Uh, you know, the, Nick Martin sucks. I'm going to go with Nick Martin for the eighth time tonight uh, and say that. But you're looking at it and saying that plus one, they're underdogs against Chicago, the Bears. The Bears blow. So you're looking at it and saying – I, something's got to give, like you said. And I think Washington has the star power on offense to go out there in Chicago on a Thursday night and just say, hey, we're playing some backyard football, slinging around Wentz, go back to your old school days and see what you can do. And then hopefully uh, the uh, defense can hold uh, a tr- tr- awful. I don't even know what – I was trying to figure out a big word, but I don't have one <laughs> in my brain right now because this Sultan hat is squeezing my brain really really <laughs> tightly right now. Uh, but overall, I think they can just literally try to hold them to at least 20 or less uh, because I right now, right now the over-under I think is like 37 or something yeah. like that, which is embarrassing. But overall, Washington plus one, dogs, book it. It's nice that the Sultan sticks around to do the rest of the show with us. That's <laughs> I appreciate that from the Sultan. He likes to give his sports takes for sure. Um, so that is the money line. Again, bet responsibly, hopefully through DraftKings. Uh, as far as this show goes, we'll be back next week. You can follow the show on TikTok at DC Crossover Podcast. Yes, sir. And on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Uh, and the show's on YouTube as well, so be sure to check it out there if you want to watch the video version uh, so you can see the Sultan and his Sultan hat. And, uh, yeah, another episode in the books, 126. We will see you guys next week. Take it away, Johnny. Take it away, Johnny. He doesn't know what to do, oh, but he's with Kang Sheep back with Dandy Reed.